from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. Simply put by Drew Brees, you win some, you lose some. Welcome into the Black and Gold Review Show. I'm Wyatt Kincaid alongside a couple of all-time great winners, mm. former Saint and Hall of Famer Deuce McAllister and Sean Mazan. 94 points scored. Where was the defense? I think both teams can ask themselves that question. Uh, you know, it, it just is how the game unfolded. You go into that matchup thinking, you know, maybe 23, 24 points will be good enough to win. And, you know, that wasn't even good enough at, at the half. And so, you know, I think, you know, both teams are going to go back and look at it and see some of the mistakes they made and try to correct it. But particularly for the Saints, you know, you have to just get back to assignment football. And I think that's probably the keyest part when you go back and you look at this film. You know, you, you, you have to be sound. And I, I, we just wouldn't sound at the end of the day. The shootout no one saw coming, and uh, look, it happens sometimes, and you had two incredible play callers uh, going against two great defenses, and I think they took it to heart, both of them, and look what happened. All right, let's get you right into the show. Headline number one, losing control. The Saints no longer control their playoff destiny. Losing to the Niners means they now need some help over the final three weeks of the regular season to get back on the perch again, and they need to keep winning themselves. Sean Payton's message, I imagine, obvious still a lot of season left to play still a lot of season left to play and look all is not lost when you look at this situation i think at the end of the day i think you know and understand that you are a, a complete team you just have to play like one weekend and week out and what i mean is all three phases have to come ready to play that's offense defense and special teams and so yes you do need some help to be able to secure the number one seed but it starts with just winning one game you have to take care of the next opponent and that is indianapolis and that's where your focus has to be yeah look i think the saints are going to handle this the right way they've had this business-like feel this business-like tone this uh, very professional sense about them all year they're going to handle this the right way the message is pretty simple win you got to keep winning to keep pace you're going to need some help but you won't you won't be able to receive that help if you don't keep winning doing your job handling your business so i think this, the saints are going to respond to this the right way beginning monday against indianapolis talking about winning as sean's mentioning there let's show you the current nfc playoff standings you see the niners back on top followed by the packers Saints are third. Cowboys are the best and the least mm. favored NFC East. They're the six and seven record, and they're fourth. The wild card spots filled by the Seahawks and Vikings. Do you think the NFL should reseed mm. next year based on record? Not the first time this has been mentioned. Yeah, look, I'm okay with the division winner getting to the playoffs, but Dallas is going to host either Seattle or San Francisco, and they're going to have like a two or three game advantage in wins, if not more. Seems like something wrong there. Well, you, you know, that, that comes up when your division winner wins and his, his record is inferior to the uh, playoff teams. I mean, as far as the, the teams that make it as a wild card. And, you know, I don't see them re reseeding in that manner. You, you've, there's been talk about reseeding after, um, you know, maybe that first round or even adding two more teams uh, to that mix. But that's, that's something that they'll really figure out in that next CBA negotiations. Think a team out of the NFC East will have a winning record to make the playoffs? Barely. <laughs> yeah, right, just barely. <laughs> We've seen it before. All right, headline number two, aggressive proves ineffective. Drew Brees said the Saints wanted to be aggressive, and they were. Going for two after their second, touch, second touchdown in the first quarter, not making it. The fake punt attempt throw by Taysom to Traquan Smith, incomplete, no pass interference. Saints were aggressive, but guys, were they smart? First, talking about the two-point conversion. 
I think I'm, I, I don't have a problem with the two-point conversion. Okay. Because of the penalty, the Jared Cook penalty, it puts you at the one-yard line. You're thinking with my offensive line and with my weapons, I can make this. And, and you know, they just had a, a better play call than you did for that conversion. So I'm okay. You know, it, it, it's hard to say that it was the wrong call when you feel like that you're going to have to score points and you're at the one-yard line. You know, you just didn't execute it. Look, this is being aggressive. This is the other side of aggressive nature. Sometimes it, it requires taking a risk, being bold. Um, I wasn't in love with the the, the plate, the, the two point conversion uh, when they called it, but it's it's not out of the realm of possibility or just a completely uh, far fetched idea to go for two in that scenario. They were one yard away. Um, oddly enough, Drew Brees said the misalignment by the 49ers actually helped them. So it was a tough play all the way around. But I don't have a complete problem with with Sean Payton calling for the two point conversion right there. But it did obviously come back to bite him in the end. And we're all playing college quarterback as well right. the, after the play. The thinking I think a lot of fans out there are saying, well, if you don't make it early, you're chasing points mm -hmm. to get those back. And they were chasing them all, all game long. Having said that, they did take the lead early in that game 20-7. to seven. Hey, our next one was about the fake punt. Fourth and 18 on San Fran's 45, 103 left in the third quarter, losing 35-33. And they go for this. Now, Sean Payton's asking for the holding because mm -hmm. you can call that. P.I. cannot be called on a punt. That's correct, and that's a new rule that I learned really myself as well. So it's basically any time that you go out in punt formation, yeah. the widest guy, mm -hmm. they basically can do anything that they choose to do. You know, it basically had to be a takedown right there on Traquan Smith. Even the holding of his jersey all the way through, technically by the NFL wording and ruling, is, is correct. So I understand no pass interference, but, you know, it, that's a tough that's a tough rule but it's the widest outside receiver they basically can hold or grab all the way down. Sean, my question is, Saints didn't really disguise this very well. You're putting Taysom back there in the punt formation. Why not keep him in the up position? Because he can still throw that pass and therefore the secondary mm, no. guys maybe not expecting it anymore. Why run this play at all? It's fourth and 18. Fourth and 18. What's the probability of a converting on fourth and 18? I think, look, Aggressive versus reckless. I thought this, I thought Peyton overthought this. This was okay. a bad time for this call. Fourth and 18, early, late in the third quarter. You were, I think, were they up or down? I'm not down. sure. They were, they down, they were down at this point uh, by a couple of points. They extended the lead after this. So, fourth, the, the, the controversy that ensued, pass interference, not pass interference, to me, that masked the reality of this play, which was that was a bad call. Going forward on fourth and 18 with Taysom Hill as a punter, which tipped them off, obviously, that was going to be a, a, a fake. To me, that was just a bad scenario for that call. Hard to believe that Peyton would make that kind of mistake, huh, Deuce? That putting, putting Taysom way back then in the punt formation. Well, I, don't, I don't think it was a mistake. I think they got what they wanted to get, you know, as far as the look. And, it, and they were actually in punt safe defense. And so, you know, they had other guys out. I think it was just a down and distance where it would have been hard to convert. My, my, my question is, if you do get the holding call, is that an automatic first mm -hmm. down or is it just 10 yards in that normal situation? Normally it's an automatic five yards, automatic first down. But when you do it out of punt, you know, it's a 10 yard penalty and you were still eight yards short. So, you know, obviously they saw something on film. They didn't get the look that they wanted. They continued to go through that play and it didn't work for them. All right. Headline number three, defense undone. Nothing else can be said about how the 49ers just shredded the Saints defense on Sunday. 516 total offensive yards. 349 came from the arm of Jimmy Garoppolo. The culprit, the secondary, more specifically, the safety tandem of Von Bell and Marcus Williams, who Peyton basically called out today. Guys, what is going on? 
with this secondary unit? They have to get it together. I mean, right now you're playing with a lot, not, not, not a lot of confidence. And so you saw shifts, you saw movement, you saw, you know, finding the one-on-one matchup. And when they got those one-on-one matchups, they won. I, look, I, those guys are going to catch some passes. We understand that. We know that. What you can't have is you can't have the plus 75 right here. You can't mm-hmm. have the plus 30, the plus 50. You cannot allow that to happen. If a, if a young man catches the ball on you, tackle him. You, you, you have to be able to limit the yak yardage that those uh, receivers are getting. And I think that is the biggest thing that hurt this team yesterday. I mean, it, it, it wasn't necessarily the catches, mm-hmm. the overall catches. It was the yak yardage that they had. 100% agree. Got to make the tackle. Too many missed tackles in the secondary. Missed a tackle in the secondary. It's going to lead to, obviously, a big play. But I think this was even deeper. I think this was more of Kyle Shanahan outwitting Dennis Allen a little bit. The uh, very aggressive Dennis Allen uh, with the cutbacks, the misdirection. I thought the linebacker uh, situation with the injury certainly played a troll. Uh, the secondary looked confused, did not look confident. I thought, overall, Kyle Shanahan just came up with an A-plus game plan and really took it to Dennis Allen in the Saints defense. Got humbled a little bit uh, because Dennis Allen has had an incredible year calling plays, but was not the case on Sunday. All right, headline number four, another Breeze classic for all those doubters and Drew Breeze's ability to put up big numbers still. What do you have to say after now, after number nine threw for 349? Five touchdowns. He kept the team in the game despite the defense being more break than Ben. Should everyone just relax on Breeze and know that when needed the big play, he can still deliver. There was no doubt when they got the ball with two minutes, they were going to go down and, and, and score. And so, you know, he, he's, he's, he's been there, done that. And, you know, regardless of the weapons, you obviously lose Jared Cook. You know, you don't have him as a weapon early on. You know, I think his only two catches were touchdowns. And so it was just an un- unbelievable job, particularly against the number one pass defense in the NFL. The complaints, the negativity surround the Saints, surrounding the Saints offense leading up to this game, fan base, I'm in the media, um, like I said, pregame show, first world problems, spoiled yeah. kid problems. Yeah. I mean, this offense was still clicking. It was still averaging nearly 30 points a game in the, in the games that Bree started and finished. And look, he was phenomenal. Some of those throws, it happens so often, we kind of take it for granted. Yes, those are not easy to make, those throws. That over route he threw to Michael Thomas ended up being a 40-plus yard uh, game was an incredible throw. The, the decision to throw it to Jared Cook on both his touchdowns, read the defense beautifully, moved the safety, and, and obviously found, a, found a, the right matchup and hit the end zone. And, of course, there you saw the breeze leap. Drew Brees was phenomenal. And down the stretch... You'd rather have a Hall of Fame quarterback than not, right? So yeah, I think absolutely. you'll be just fine. I think you're right. All right, headline number five, Kamara's continued struggles. Alvin Kamara, where have you gone? AK had another subpar game, averaging less than two yards per carry on 13 carries, 18 yards receiving. He's not looking like his fluid self, not making defenders miss. Mm-hmm. Deuce, is his confidence down? And as a former running back, how do you shake yourself out of a rut? You have to go back to basics. I mean, it's really going back to doing the things that you've always done, you know, and it really starts in practice. And that's really pushing yourself in practice to make sure that you're, you're reading things, you're seeing things. And you know, he's, he's pressing. He wants to, to make a play, and it's not happening enough. And so, you know, uh, make sure that you have good body language. When, when something doesn't go your way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hop up. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I am into the game. And so for him, just – it, it, it starts in the weight room. It starts with practice. You have to push yourself there to make sure that you can go on Sunday. And so, you know, I understand that, that teams are keying on him as well. And, 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 and so we're normally to see 41 making magic. And so right now he hadn't been able to make that magic, and it's frustrating for him. And obviously you want to be able to get him the ball and not let him, you know, be, be in that frustration mode and just go out there and do your thing. Just go out there and go have fun like you've done in the past. No doubt about it. Um, 
look, everything he's touched really his first two and a half years of his career has really been turned to gold. I mean, the guy's just had big play after big play. It's been an incredible run here. But look, this is part of being a professional athlete. You're going to deal with some natural adversity. You're going to hit some slumps. It's how you respond to it. Um, so I think for him, like you said, Deuce, get back to the basics. Improve that body language a little because I, 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 it feels like he's slouching a little. It feels like he's getting frustrated. The game will come to him. He's pressing a little bit right now. The Saints are going to need him. There's no doubt about that. They're going to need him. So he's got to figure it out. I think AK can come back, though. From Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. All right, welcome back into the Black and Gold Review Show. Time to get into the film room. Sean Vazan is opening the door. All right, fourth and two, George Kittle. A routine route turned into a viral moment for both the 49ers and the Saints. The Saints, unfortunately, were on the wrong end. But I went back and broke down what exactly happened. And it's the subject of tonight's film study. Vazan's film study. Sponsored by Rejuvenate Medical. The 49ers motion George Kittle from right to left. C.J. Gardner-Johnson runs with him, indicating man coverage. Kittle settles in just inside of Emmanuel Sanders and Kendrick Bourne of a bunch formation. On the snap, Sanders will run a drag route over the middle, while Bourne will run deep and Kittle will run a quick out. But because Garoppolo knows it's man coverage, Kittle's route is the one that he knows will have the least amount of defenders. Kittle's route is simple, but he runs it perfectly. He breaks for the out just under Bourne, who's running deep. This creates a natural pick for Gardner-Johnson to try to run through. Garoppolo goes right to him. Kittle makes the catch, and as he catches it, Gardner-Johnson dives at his feet and misses the tackle, which essentially allows Kittle to break free down the sideline. The next player is Marcus Williams, and he makes initial contact with him at the 49-yard line, but struggles with Kittle's strength. Thus, Kittle is able to carry him 15 more yards downfield. What's worse is Williams can only grab Kittle's face mask to try to slow him down. He finally gets help from Von Bell, but even he isn't enough. Kittle is still moving forward and doesn't go down until Gardner Johnson comes back into the play to corral him at the 28-yard line. Kittle gained 21 yards after initial contact, plus Williams' face mask penalty tacked on an additional 15. The play that began at the 49ers' 33 ended at the Saints' 14-yard line with just a simple two-yard pass. So a well-designed play that probably should have went for maybe 20 yards at the most. The irony is, before that play, the Saints had done a pretty good job at containing Kittle. He only had 28 yards receiving before that play. But look, big players make big plays in big situations, yeah. and that was the biggest of that game. That's an option route, and basically what he did, he stacked the, the, mm -hmm. the, the furthest receiver, or at least the point guy, as far as that was on the ball. And all that allowed him to do was really almost, it was a pick route. I mm -hmm. mean, and so it allowed him to be able to pick Chauncey, and that's where he was, you know, behind the whole way. And he gave the little inside move, stutter move, like he's going inside to stick it and then to get out. So. It's a, it's a nice route, but you know at the end, at the end of the day, I would have loved for us to maybe pass that off and not, you know, first guy inside, you pass it off, next guy outside, another guy defensive, the uh, long guy Marshawn would have went with the deep guy, but you know chose to stay man and it ended up hurting him. Okay, time for us to get into the BGR mailbag. Our questions coming via the Final Play apps, Final Word feature. 
this question here. I saw it coming. The Saints mm -hmm. scored too quick at the end of the, and gave the 49ers too much time. George from Metairie, should they have slowed down a little bit and just assumed they were going to score? Is what I think George is trying to get at, I think. <laughs> if, if, if you could create it in that manner, you would say, okay, I want to score right here. You know, at the end of the day, it's hard to go out there and say uh, we can control when we go and score. You don't know when the opportunities are going to come. And so when you can go and score, you go and score unless you know that I, can, I only need a field goal. Right. The Saints needed a touchdown. They didn't need just a field goal. So when somebody got an opportunity, that, that, that was mm -hmm. almost an interception. There was another mm -hmm. one that was an almost interception. You don't know when the ball is not going to bounce your way. So if you have a chance to score, go score. No doubt about that. Needing a touchdown, you go score when you can score, especially considering the fact that it was almost, they were almost picked off twice. There's no guarantee you're going to get into the end zone. Um, so I know it's tough, and I know 53 seconds is, it left was an eternity in that game, but I just don't know what else you can do. Trey Smith makes a nice play, run after catch, does a spin move, gets in the end zone. Great individual play by him. I understand the point here, but there's no way of knowing what's going to happen on the next drive. All right. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer, you're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. All right, welcome back in. Time to talk NFC playoff race. It's very tight at the top, which is where the Niners currently sit. Green Bay is second, followed by the Saints. The final three weeks have the Niners in Atlanta and the Rams at home and Seattle on the road. The Packers have the Bears at home and are on the road at Minnesota and Detroit. There, the Saints have the Colts at home Monday night, then finish on the road in Tennessee and an interesting game in Carolina. Who has a tougher road to home field advantage? For the number one seed or the two seed? Number think, one seed. For the number one seed, I think, you know, the toughest road is probably Green Bay. Even though Green Bay, you know, mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're division games for them, that what they have left. But you have a Chicago team that's playing well, and then you have a, a Minnesota team that's trying to get in the playoffs. Right. They hadn't qualified for the playoffs. Yeah. And so I think the toughest road is probably Green Bay for the one seed. But you want that Green Bay loss. You certainly want that San Francisco loss at the end. San Francisco and Seattle play each other at the end of the season. So if you're the Saints, can't worry about any of it. Keep on winning. And the Rams game is going to be interesting as well because they're right there on the cusp. They're like seven. They need to win. Yeah. They, they, they need to win. They, and they like need last Minnesota night, to drop out. Yeah, well, they need Minnesota to drop out. But if they continue to win, then they at least put themselves in the conversation for a wild card spot. From Fox 8 Sports, you're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. All right, up next on the schedule for the Saints, a Monday night game against the Indianapolis Colts, the team that lost to the Bucks 38-35 on Sunday. They fall into 6-7 on the year, and they are fading in the AFC playoff race right now. They're 10th 
in the playoff push. They can't afford to lose another game. They can't afford to lose another game, and injuries have really hurt this squad. You know, But when you look at this team, I think it starts up front with them, and that's really the offensive line. They have one of the dominant lines in the NFL, and so you talk about stopping the run, you're going to have your work cut out for you as far as stopping the run is concerned. Yeah, they're one of those teams that they've kind of hung in the middle there. They've had some good moments with Jacoby Brissett. They've had some good wins this year, had some tough losses last week. Probably should have beat Tampa Bay before they came all the way back. But call me crazy, but I'm feeling a statement win for the Saints this week. Prime time, erased the, 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 uh, the taste of last, uh, yesterday's loss. I'm feeling a big, big, big Monday night win for the Saints over the Colts. I was going to ask you the importance of leaving a good lasting impression to the home fans by this defense. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. And they're going to take it personally. Prime time, something about being in prime time at home. I think the Saints take it out on the Colts. I think they went big. You also have the 10-year uh, anniversaries for the Super Bowl squad to okay. be in town. So, you know, any extra fire that this team needs, hopefully that gives them a little bit of juice. That's going to be a fun night. Be sure to subscribe to the Fox and Overtime podcast for more Saints analysis on demand, including an in-depth look at the Colts matchup on Wednesday's triple coverage episode. You can find those podcasts on fox8live.com, the final play app, and wherever you listen and download your podcasts. For Deuce, Sean, and everyone here at Fox 8, I'm Juan. Thanks for watching. Our next newscast is at 4.30 in the morning. Have a great night. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer. You're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.